Father, we pray tonight, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would move. And Lord, this evening that we would have the liberty and the freedom to not only go through your word, but to experience, Father, the presence of your Spirit confirming to us the ownership of who we are in Jesus. And Father, what a tremendous theme we have for this camp. And God, that each and every one of us would understand the reality of what it means to be adopted by the eternal God. Thank you that that is your deep and ordained plan that you would see fit to announce to the world for eternity the fact that spiritual adoption is something that transcends man's efforts, and we're happy about that. So, Father, bless our time together now, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. Okay, grab your Bibles. You guys know this, right? To Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 together. And so, listen, to recap, where have you guys been so far in this chapter? What have you heard thus far? Come on. What have you learned? You've got notes, right? What, what have you learned so far? In the teachings that you've had? Yes. But it means to be adopted into the family of God? Awesome. Okay, so listen, I'm going to do my best to read this. I got fine print with very, very bad eyes, but you'll follow along with me if you would. Therefore, brethren, verse 12, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But by the Spirit, listen, you will put to death the deeds of the body. You will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For if you did not receive the Spirit of... For you did, for you did not receive the Spirit... Of bondage again to fear, but receive the spirit, look at this, of adoption by whom we cry, what's the word out? What do we say? Abba, Father. Abba is Hebrew for Father. Now, we use the word English in our Bible because the English translators rooted in the King James, the old King James, they put the word Father there in the English, and we get that, that's what we understand. Uh, but it's much more tender, it's much more sweet that what God is saying in the Hebrew and Greek language is that God has given you and I as believers not a spirit of fear, but the spirit that is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption, and only by that are you able to, God, to, to call God Father, but it's not like Father, like Father far away. Because you know you can get this concept in your mind that God is so far away. You can't see him, can't touch him. And listen, I don't know, but you can grow. It's possible that you could grow up in a home where your father might be very, very far away from you, even though he lives underneath the same roof. You know, I don't know. It could be that you have a father at home, but he travels a great deal. Maybe he's in the military. But for you, the concept of a father is very far away. But according to the Greek and Hebrew of the scriptures, the word father is the Hebrew, uh, Abba, 
And it's very fun to go to Israel. Have any of you been to Israel by any chance with your parents? By, by any chance? Well, you will in due time, Lord willing. And you're going to see uh, Hebrew kids walking around Israel. And they're going to be speaking Hebrew. And you're going to recognize a word because they're walking around. They got an ice cream cone or a churro or whatever they're doing. And they're walking with their family. And you'll hear, you know, this, this Hebrew language. And then you'll hear the kids say, Abba, Abba. And the dad will stop and turn around. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's pretty cool. I got that. Even though I'm from California, I got it. Um, what's beautiful in Italy, for example, you will not hear a kid walking down the street in Italy or in Rome uh, say uh, with his ice cream cone or gelato is what they would do, is you won't hear him say Abba. He won't say Abba, and he won't say Father. You got it. He'll say, Papa, Papa. And it's very, very sweet because the father will turn around. What's up? What's going on? And it's very, very tender. So first of all, in the English language, we've got kind of a hurdle tonight to get over because we hear the word father. And it's like, ooh, father. Uh, but listen, do you call your dad father? What do you call your dad? Dad. What else? What'd you say? Pop? Papa? Yeah. Wait a minute. In Chinese, it's what? Seriously? Is that? I've never heard that before. So listen. Here's what I want you to write down. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to do this. This is very, very important to us this evening. We're talking about adoption, and I'm going to uh, focus down on verse 15 with you guys. And so I just want you to make note of this, that the concept, I love what I'm about to say. It's not because I'm the one saying it. I love what I'm about to say because it's right out of the Bible. Write it down. That the concept of us being a family with God, to God, with one another, that idea didn't come from any human being. It came from God. So just simply write this down, that the concept of a spiritual family with God, our Abba, that came from him, not you. So you need to hear this tonight. What we're going to be talking about is God's idea. Okay, nobody made it up. Paul, writing to the Romans, he didn't make it up. John didn't make it up. Peter didn't make it up. It's the God of the Bible that speaks to us and says, call me Papa. And here's how you're able to call me Papa. It's all about the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at these things tonight, and I hope it's a blessing to your heart. But this concept of being a family is the fact that the number one thing about being a believer is that you have to be born, what? Again. So how did you, watch, how did you get into your family? Through a mother? That's very technical. You were born into your home, or, or how else could you have gotten into your family? Anybody in here adopted? Oh my gosh. Wow, hang on a second. Keep your hands up. That's in, I'm impressed. You can put your hands down. That's incredible. You've got to either be born into a family or you've got to be adopted into the family. And both of those things you find in Scripture, right? Concerning the church, concerning us being believers and going to heaven forever, you've got to be born again 
into the family of God. But how does that work? You cannot be born again into the family of God unless you're adopted by God. And so this is an absolutely thrilling love statement by God, that God loves you so much that his announcement to you is, I not only want you in my family, but I'm picking you to be in my family. I am calling you to be in my family. I'm adopting you into my family. And in that, the process is called being born again. I love that, you guys. I love that. You may or may not know, I had a rough time in my family growing up. I just didn't fit in. I didn't know that at the start. But from the very birth of my life, I wasn't supposed to fit in. Uh, my dad, he, I'm sure he meant well, my, my earthly father. I, 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 he meant well. He didn't know God. But he didn't want me to be uh, a, a son. He had a son. He had a daughter. And I came along, and I, he didn't want a second son. And so uh, you don't know that when you're growing up. But over the course of time, you begin to wonder, you know, what's going on? Um, I see my dad hanging out with my brother, but he doesn't hang out with me. I see my dad going fishing with my brother in his pickup truck on a Saturday, but not me. And so, you know what, you roll with it. You know what, you're tough. You know how you deal with things when your feelings are hurt and stuff like that? You roll with it. You invest in other things. Maybe it's a toy. Maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's working out. Maybe it's beating people up. Maybe, maybe it's doing sports. I don't know. Maybe it's some cr- something. But you find a way, right? We're kind of made that way. We respond to things. And, and listen, as we live on in life, here's what happens. And you want to be very careful, all of you is that being a child of God, you've got some place to go and talk to God at any time. When, even when you've been horrifically bad, guess what? God doesn't say, sorry, you're unadopted. Unadopted on you. He doesn't do that. He can't do that. When he calls you into to his family, you say, Jack, how do I know if I'm in his family? Last Sunday... At first service, this young man, I'm going to guess, maybe 21, 25, no, older than that, he said, Pastor Jack, I accepted the Lord here about a month ago, and um, I, don't know if I'm a real, I don't know if I'm really his or not. And I said, and maybe you heard, I don't know if you heard this or not, or your parents, your parents would have heard this. Um, I said, well, I tell you what, buddy, and this is what I said in the courtyard. I said, I tell you what, here's what we're going to do. And I looked, and there's a trash can over there. And I said, I want you to take your Bible, and I want you to just tell me right now, that you denounce Jesus as Lord and Savior, take your Bible and go throw it in that trash can. Now remember, the guy's guy's believing that maybe he's not a Christian. Maybe he's not a a true child of God. When I told him that, he goes, I can't do that. And I go, why can't you do that? He goes, man, that would be wrong. No way. And I go, man, the reason why you just reacted the way that you did is because you are really a child of God. When you've been adopted into the family of God, you want to live for him. Sometimes you're going to mess up, but you want to live for him, and you want to be perfect with him. You want to please your father, your Abba, your Papa, but you'll fail. We don't plan on failing, but I fail, you fail, but the reason why that happens is because you have experienced the spirit of adoption, and there's three things I want to point out regarding that. God said to you at some point in time, I'm assuming all of you tonight, maybe it's not true for one or two or three of you tonight. What if? But listen, 
the Spirit of God is the Spirit of adoption. And so at one point in time, God somehow spoke to you and said, I want you in my family. Have you ever heard God invite you into his family? You say, well, Jack, what do you mean by hear God? I've never heard God, like, you know, rumble with his voice speaking to me. Yeah, yeah, I don't mean that. I mean this tug, this tug about is God speaking to you? Now, listen up. This is very, very important. What's the, what's the general age group of junior hires? Help me out. 12 to 14? 12, 15? Safe to say I just heard from 11 to maybe 15, 11 to 14. Watch this. Watch this. In your home, you're at an age right now. You're just right on the edge. Like if I was right on the edge right here. You're, you guys at this age group. You're different than high schoolers. You're at, a, you're, you're at an edge right now of who you are in life. The time frame of where you're at. You are at a point where you're asking the question or you're going to ask the question to yourself inside your head. Hey, I've grown up in a home of believers. My mom and dad are believers. Why am I a believer? Have you ever thought that question? If you've thought that question, what, what is happening? Because there was a time, right, you never questioned that. Are you hearing me? Your mom and dad believe, and so you assume, I believe. But you're reaching an age when you're thinking for yourself now. And what are you going to choose? Who are you going to choose? You are going to find out really soon if you want to go this way or that way. And I want you to know right now, those of you who have experienced the salvation of God being born again, you have the spirit of adoption upon you. And when the world knocks on the door of your mind, you're going to have to make a decision. You've got to ask yourself this question. Has God come to me and invited me into his family? You need to know this. And you need to get ready because it's going to happen. The second thing under this is God saying to you, this is who I am. If you are going to be in my forever family... It starts this way. I'm going to invite you in. Pastor Joel, didn't you say that just, was it last night, that there were some decisions made for Christ? About 10 people made a decision for Christ in this camp. What happened? Someone, 10 of them, heard God knocking on their heart. They opened up the door of their heart, of their mind. They made a decision. God invited them. And then the next thing that goes on for the rest of our lives regarding us being adopted into this family is God telling you who he is. This is the greatest thing of all. God will speak to you and tell you who he is. And listen, um, you guys, I want you guys to get this. We all want you guys to get this down in your life. All Every time you go to a Bible study, every time you read the Bible for yourself, I want you to be thinking about laying down foundation, layers of concrete or layers of foundations for you to answer the world when it comes knocking on the door. The world is going to knock on the door and they're going to say, who's your God? You believe in God? You're going to go, you're going to walk in a classroom someday and somebody's going to say, wait, are you a Christian? What are you going to say? If you say yes, watch. If you say yes, then they're going to ask you to prove it. Okay? That puts you right on the spot. But if you say no, now you're lying. But why would you say no? Because you're fearful. You're intimidated. When somebody goes, boo, it's like, oh my gosh. And you recoil back in the corner. Listen, as a Christian, you're not going to do that. You don't have to do that. 
You can say, hey, excuse me, first of all, watch everybody. If somebody says to you, oh, you Christian, you come back and say, aren't you? (laughs) Write that down, write that down. (laughs) You, You immediately flipping on them. Second thing is, why? Why is it that you can do that? Because God is saying, this is who I am. He's telling you, this is who I am. So when somebody says, oh man, I don't know if I believe in God. Why not? The God of the Bible created the universe. When's the last time you stepped outside and looked at the stars? Think that's a big accident? Yeah, good, good answer. Good answer for being up here. He said last night, good. Keep looking up. When somebody challenges you, come back to them with the God that you know. Why? Because you're adopted. Our granddaughter is here. She's been adopted. You know what's so awesome about that? She knows that. We remind her of that because you know what? We brag about it. We brag about it. We can say, remember, you were picked. See, when you're born again, that's God picking you. Are you hearing me? Look, I mean, I'm, I was born into my earthly family, but what, and my dad didn't want me, but my mom had me. Well, what are they going to do? Were you, how many of you were born into your family? Your mom gave birth to you. You know your mom. Okay, when you came out, guess what was, gonna, guess what was not going to happen? They were not going to put you back in. They're like, what are we going to do? All right, that's the way it works. That's the way the world works. But when you're adopted, somebody goes like this, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pick you. And God says he picks us. He wants us in his family. And he reveals himself to you every time you pick up the Bible. So that when the world questions you, you don't back down. You say, I believe in the God that created everything. Oh, my goodness, you believe in creation? You got a better explanation? Oh, evolution, man. Say, dude, I'm sorry. Excuse me, but you've got way more faith than I do because there is no way I got two eyeballs in the front of my face by some sort of little lizard crawling around in the mud, rubbing his face and and getting eyeballs and evolving and uh, getting two eyes and one mouth, and evolution says, that's good. We'll stop right there. Did you know that a woodpecker, you know there's woodpeckers flying around here. Okay, listen, you know what's fun about this? Uh, a woodpecker, his, his tongue, you know his tongue, right? His tongue goes up inside his sinus cavity and it goes into his cranium and his, his tongue is wrapped around his brain nine, uh, eight times. His tongue wraps around his brain eight times. You say, why would you want a tongue in your brain? Because every time the woodpecker hits the wood, the tongue wraps the brain in such a way that when the woodpecker hits the wood, it shields the brain from being destroyed inside the skull when the woodpecker goes like this. Here's what's fun. They have unwrapped a woodpecker's brain, right? And they have figured out that if, it was, if the woodpecker's brain had nine loops of its tongue around its head, It couldn't fit. The tongue wouldn't fit in the head. If it was seven times, the woodpecker would hit the wood one time and it would kill itself. So how could evolution be true if a woodpecker goes up there and says, okay, here I go. All right, buddy, you go. All right, I'm going to go now. And, oh, falls over dead. 
And, the, and his buddies go, man, you know what? He's got six wrappings. Let's try seven wrappings. You got seven. I got seven. You Try it. Boom. Falls over dead. Hey, I got eight wrappings. Give it a, go for it. Boom. Hey, it's perfect. You can't have something evolve like that. When you know your God like that, he's absolutely amazing. So don't let the world intimidate you. A lot of people running around scared. What was the thing we read uh, just before the spirit of adoption? He's not given us a spirit of what? Fear. Fear. You ever heard of COVID? <laughs> Watch this. Have you ever seen COVID? Have you ever seen, have you ever seen COVID? There, there it comes. There it goes. No, you haven't. But isn't it amazing how fearful the world became? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking it. You can get sick. You can get the flu. You could get some disease. You could get cancer. The world is sick. It has diseases and sicknesses. I'm not saying go around and lick doorknobs and, and stuff. That's stupid. That's dumb. You're asking for it. But, but people, isn't it amazing that as, as there were Christians who were terrified during COVID because they thought they were not protected by God? You say, well, yeah, but what if, what if a Christian did get COVID and die? Guess what? What does the Bible say about the day that you're going to die? Who knows that day? Yeah, well, we go to heaven, but did you know the Bible says God knows the exact day you're going to die? Just because COVID or a train going down the track, it can't speed it up. The day that you go to heaven is the day that God has already predetermined. How cool is that? You say, man, I survived. <laughs> Woo! It's good. I survived COVID. Guy steps outside and falls down the stairs and breaks his neck and dies. <laughs> right? Think about that. How does that happen? God knows the exact day. Your God is so big, he knows everything. There's a little chipmunk by our cabin running back and forth, running around trying to get food. And do you know what the Bible tells us in the book of Job? God says, I take care of them. Job, he's talking to Job. He says, Job, you don't even know what you're doing. I know what I'm doing, Job. I take care of all that stuff. The little animals, the big animals, in the deserts, in the mountains, I do all that. God says, this is who I am. You've been adopted into my family. This is who I am. Listen, the parents and the family of adopted child, even, of course, we as children born into a home, the parents, the family, love they, they love to get that child to know the family. Family traditions, family whatevers. It's very, very cool. Also this, when we are adopted into the family of God, this is one of the best things of all. God says to us, this is who you are. Okay, so I want you in my family. I invite you, and this is who I am, and this is who you are. Friends, listen, you can never really know who you are in life until you find out what God says and thinks about you. And this is critical because you're going to be tempted in this world. You're at an age that you're, you're going to move on, and in the not-too-distant future, there's going to be somebody. Satan will have someone come into your life and say, hey, you want to do some drugs? You say, what, am I stupid? Oh, well, aren't you cool? You should do some drugs if you're cool. Satan, listen, remember, Satan is subtle, man. He, he speaks, like, a, he, he speaks like, a, like velvet speaking, you know? Listen, Eve wasn't stupid. Adam and Eve were br brilliant, but how did she fall for it? Because Satan's slick. Listen, when Satan attacks, he attacks in a way that you don't recognize that he's attacking. That's why we need to know truth. Are you guys with me? Very, very important. So you remember that. God is saying, I know who you are. 
Jeremiah reminds us that we can't even know ourselves. You know how we get upset with our parents sometimes? Man, they don't understand me. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of true in a way. But believe it or not, your parents actually experience things like you are now in life. Some of our parents experienced worse things. I mean, I don't know how many of your dads, I'm trying to think of your parents, some of your parents I know. Um, well, some of them I'm talking about like have gone to war. They've seen things that they pray that you'll never have to see. Life is very, very difficult, but the precious thing about it is, is that God is saying to you, I know who you are, and that means you being in my family, I, I want to walk you through this life. When you're, when you're loved and God loves you, he is absolutely, listen class, class, listen kids, he, he's 100% committed to you. I don't know if you feel that or not, right? I don't really care if you feel it or not, it's a fact. Say, so, man, I don't know if he loves me. Yes, he does. I don't know, nobody loves me. Just stop thinking like that. You just got to say, that's this, I'm not thinking well. My head's in a, in a crummy spot. God loves me. So the spirit of adoption is God is inviting you into his family. That's his idea. He announces that this is who he is. He's the amazing, awesome God of the Bible, God of all creation, God of this mountaintop. And the third thing is, is that he says, this is who you are. Listen, second point is this. Because we've been adopted, we have access to God all the time by Jesus that's why we sing songs about Jesus. That's why we read about the Gospels and about Jesus. There is no way for us to get into the family of God except by Jesus. And that's why he came into this world as a human. Now, I hope this sounds right. Sounds, I know it sounds right to me, but I, hopefully I communicate it right to you. There's three things I want you to learn about this. is that we're loved, we're listened to, and we're let in. So number one, we're loved. Listen, we're loved by our Abba, our Papa. We are loved like he loves Jesus. You said, wait, isn't that kind of weird? Isn't Jesus God? Yes. Well, isn't the Father and the Holy Spirit God? Yes. Well, we're loved like Jesus is loved. Ah, listen, Jesus, does, does anybody know what incarnation means? To be incarnate? Yeah, say it. Uh, no, that's not it. Incarnation, not reincarnation. That's what you were thinking. Uh, it has to do with the Word of God becoming flesh. Incarnation is God putting on skin. I love that idea. Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God who put on human skin and came into this world. It's called Christmas, hello. When he was born into this world, it was God putting on skin. But listen, he came into this world, he didn't come in as an adult, he came in as a baby like you, like me. So he could relate to us, right? So he would know. So he could say to us, I know how you feel. I know what you went through. So this is vitally important. God the Father shows us in the Bible his great love for his son so that you would understand how much God loves us. According to the Bible, God loves you. Listen, this is huge. Are you listening? I know it's hot in here. It's hard to focus when it's hot. 
But God loves you like he loves his son. Same amount. You know, that can't be true. It's true. This is why you and I have the greatest news in the world to shout out. To be loved by the Father the same way the Father loves the Son. He loves you. This is tough stuff because if you are hearing this right now, you're thinking, but Jack, if he loves me that much, then why is my mom and dad, why is their relationship so messed up? That has nothing to do with the love of God for you. But Jack, if he loves me so much, then why am I feeling sick and I've got to go to the doctors? That has nothing to do with his love for you. When we, listen, when we drive up to, what is it, In-N-Out or McDonald's, we place our order. Listen, how fast do we expect to get that thing out of the window? 30 minutes. You got to change the place you go. Three minutes. Three minutes, man. You expect that food to come flying out of the building and right into your face. Right? This is the way we, this is the world we live in. Jack, if God loves me, then why, is, why are things the way that they are? Stop thinking that you and I live in a fast food uh, drive-through life. Listen, you're going to live, unless Jesus comes back, you're going to live 70, 80 more years. To God, it's nothing. To you, it's like, oh my gosh, this is forever. Now here, look, in, look I'm all of your grandparent, and here's the deal. Now, on this end, when you're on this end, on my side, I look back where I used to be where you're at, and I used to think, man, time is never going to move. Everything's going so slow. Summer's taking forever. School doesn't, I don't know about you, summer seemed to fly when I was young, and school seemed to take forever. Right? Exactly. <laughs> You start school, and it's like five years long in one, one year. It's like, when's it going to end? And then you have summer, and it's like, it's already over. Listen, on the other end, me being old enough to be your grandpa, it's like, wow, this whole life went by so fast. I wish I would have did this more. I wish I would have done more of this. I wish I, wish I had been more crazy for Jesus. Seriously. I would have been if I would have believed what I'm telling you guys right now. If you know that God loves you like he loves his own son, there's nobody that can stop you on this planet. Do you understand that? You're invincible. You know what invincible means, right? You know like Iron Man puts that suit on? I love that. Tony Stark puts that thing on. He's all suited up. Imagine God suiting you up with the righteousness of Jesus, the love that he has for Jesus. You think of that. Secondly, under this point, this is amazing to me. Because of Jesus, and we've been adopted into the family, I know none of this stuff feels like it, but when we pray and when we talk and when we think, he's listening to us. How many times has your mom, your parents, your grandparents said something to you that you found out that they were listening? They'll say something like, hey, I, I heard you. We can go do that tomorrow. Or I just heard you. What, you know, what about that? Why? Because they want to listen. Have you ever had your mom or your dad say, what are you talking about? <laughs> why do they ask that? Why, honestly, why do they, do they love you? Yes. But why are they asking that? Because they love you. Maybe you're talking about stuff you shouldn't be talking about. 
Maybe you're talking about stuff that is very exciting to their hearts and they want to know and they want to be encouraged. You're listened to. You'll never be anywhere, friend, ever. Remember this, please. You'll never be anywhere where you're isolated, alone, and away from human beings where God is not at. People may abandon you. You may be left alone on a mountaintop. I don't know. God will never leave you. He's listening to you always because he loves you. Finally, under this point, is that God's access that he gives us through Jesus is that he lets us in to his presence just like Jesus. In John chapter 17, when Jesus prayed, he's getting ready. It's amazing, you guys. Jesus, Jesus is just about ready to offer up his body on the cross. He's, he's now right close to going back home to heaven. And Jesus says, Father, I've loved them like you have loved me. Listen, and I know, Father, that you love them like you love me. John 17. You should read it later. Father, I pray, and this is an amazing prayer. This is crazy. Father, I do not pray. I do not pray that you would take them out of the world. Uh, Father, I pray that you don't send them to heaven too soon. But I pray that you keep them in this world and that you keep them from the wicked one. Now look, heaven's our home, friends. That's where we're going, and that's awesome. And we're going to be there forever. But right now, we're supposed to be believers in this planet. We're supposed to be making a difference. And Jesus prayed for us. And he said, Father, I want you to use them in this world. Keep them in the world. Wherever you and I go, we're supposed to be like a little Jesus. <laughs> Loving others, caring about others. You know the people who hate us? You know the people that are weird? You know the strange people? You know, the, you know there's people in your life that bother you? You know, right? Right? There's people in your life that bother you. What does God say about that? He says to love them, to care for them. It's absolutely amazing. How does that happen? That God would let us into his presence. Don't you think we should maybe let other people into our presence also? Well, they're not cool enough. Oh, what's cool? What is cool? oh, well, they're not rich enough, or they're not smart enough, or they're not fast enough. When I was growing up, when I was your age, I was a creep because um, my friend, his name was Steve Slusher. And uh, we were terrible. I'll tell you the reason why. We first met up in the fifth grade, and um, the way we met up was on the playground, uh, and he was really fast. You know, running, sprinting fast. And so I was fast. And so we were at each other, so to speak. And we would race. And it turned out that both of us were the fastest guys in the school, the two of us. Um, sometimes he was faster, sometimes I was faster. But one thing we knew for sure is that we were the fastest. And you know what we did? We were absolute turds because we thought we were so cool because we were so fast. We were like some special people. 
And we weren't special at all because while we were running around like an idiot, other people were getting straight A's <laughs> and getting good grades and moving on. But we were so preoccupied with trying to be cool that we turned out missing the boat, so to speak. Now listen, Jesus, by and through Jesus, we get let into the family of God. We have access. And finally, we end with this. And that is that, according to this passage here in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, um, we're settled. We're settled forever if we're adopted into the family of God. If you're adopted in the family of God, you can't show me anywhere in the Bible where you're unadopted. You can't show me anywhere in the Bible, you guys, where you're unborn again. Okay, three things. The reason why is because you've been marked by his name. Marked. You guys, to be marked by his name, I don't know if you know this or not, but you'll be able to relate to it, I, I guarantee you. Is in the first century, all of the various gods that existed in the world at that time, people wore their gods. Now, I've been to Rome and Corinth, and they have archaeological digs, and they find gods. Isn't it funny? Digging the ground, you go, oh, this is my god. And it depends. Some of them are bigger. Some of them are like statues. Some of them, most of them are tied around your neck in a necklace, and it was an idol. It was like Zeus, you know, Zeus, and Diana, and Athena, and these various gods. And you wore them, okay? And this was a big deal. And you were marked by those gods. And do you know what else they did? In fact, Jesus makes reference of this in the book of Revelation to the seven letters of the seven churches. When you worshiped pagan gods, you got a tattoo of that God. And that's interesting because Jesus said in the letters to the seven churches, Jesus said to one of the churches, I will put my name upon you. He said, I'll mark you with my name. You know, some people have like Harley on their arm or mother or something tattooed. According to God, he looks at his people, you and I, who trust in him. We can't see it. I can't see it on you. You can't see it on me. But I, got, I have a tattoo. You have a tattoo. It's God's name on you. In the book of Revelation, there'll be 144,000 Jews who are born again, who preach the gospel all over the world. And the Bible says that he has marked his name upon them. How cool is that? If you're a believer tonight, you're marked. You know when a baby's born? <laughs> they learned this the hard way. When a baby's born in a hospital, they have to mark the baby immediately. Immediately. Maybe some of your moms or dads are nurses and doctors. When babies are born, I mean the baby's just out and whoosh, they mark them. They either put a mark on the foot or they put something. This, this is baby Jack or baby whoever your name is. Why do they do that? In Netherlands, listen, when the, baby's, when the baby's born in the Netherlands, they give the baby a chip like a dog <laughs> so they don't lose the baby. Is that crazy? So, no, can you imagine giving birth? Can, can you imagine giving birth to a baby and then they take the baby away and they clean it up and they run tests, draw blood, make sure he's you know, okay. And then they come back in two hours with your baby and it's like, what is that? It's your baby. That ain't my baby. Can you imagine? 
You got a little baby, you give birth to a baby this big, it's got like pink hair, and you ship it off for the little test, they come back and your baby's this long with black hair? No, they, they'll mark the baby. Why? So there's no mess-ups. God says, for you who are my kids, I've marked you. I put my name on you. I want you to remember that. Second, we're marked by his word. This is a big one. As we end, listen, I have one more uh, point to this, but this is the second. This, but this is hugely important. You're marked by his word. Listen, um, don't answer out loud. But if you don't care about the Bible, if you don't care, as Pastor Joel and Tate and the others teach you guys, if you don't care, say, I'm only come. Pastor Jack, to be honest with you, I'm at this camp right now because my parents made me. Pastor Jack, I'm here right now because as soon as, this is, as, soon as I'm old enough, man, I'm never going to come back to church again. I'm here because I have to be. Listen, I understand that. But I want to encourage you that that's not the way to live because you've been listening to Satan's lies. I want you to know something right now. If God has touched your heart, you're very interested in his word. You guys don't know this yet, but by design, you guys go to a church that all levels of your age group education is all Bible. There's a lot of churches that just play games until you're about, I don't know, 17 and then they think, now they're ready to be able to understand the Bible. I want you to know, the reason why our church teaches the Bible at the youngest of ages is because we believe kids can understand the Bible easier than adults do. Didn't Jesus say for you to enter the kingdom of heaven, you've got to become like a little child? Little kids are believing. The older you get, the harder it is to believe. The reason why is because we start to get full of ourselves. We get conceited. I know stuff. You know, come on, let's be honest. You know how you get older, you think your parents are kind of dumb. Listen, you get older, but dad, you don't know anything. You, dad, that's wrong. Mom, that's not, that's not right. Listen, chances are from about 15 to 18. It, it varies, by the way, from girls and boys. You need to know that. Listen, guys, I love you, but here's the truth. Girls in that area of, of questioning the, of the authority of parents is much shorter than boys. Boys have a harder time. Boys at an earlier age say, nobody's going to tell me what to do. And they get out of it way later, too. That's why boys get a lot of bruises. We, we choose to do it. We choose to go the dumb way. We don't listen. We think we're in charge. And listen, the girls, girls have a tendency to listen to God easier. Girls have a tendency to study the Bible. Listen, if we call a prayer meeting, guess who shows up, guys or girls? Girls. Girls, Friday morning prayer meeting, mostly girls. Women, well, I mean women. But why is that? Because we, we're guys, we got it. What do I need to go to a prayer meeting for? I'll take care of it. No. No, listen, absolutely, we must be marked by his word. Love his Bible. Get into it. Finally, we end right here, everybody. And that is that we are marked by his spirit. And I want to end with this. How do you know if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you? How do you know that? I'm going to ask somebody who's a good reader. Anybody a good reader? And I don't mean like speed reading. I mean a good reader. Okay, Lincoln, can you stand up? Lincoln, can you turn to Luke 11? 
Luke 11. I'll give you time to go there. Luke 11, 9 to 13. Luke 11, verses 9 to 13. I'll remind you in a second. Listen, friends. Very, very seriously, very, very calmly. Listen, God is real. Don't lie. If you're not sure, don't raise your hand. But very, very calmly. If you know that you've been adopted by God and that you're in his family, can you just gently, no looking around, it's not your business, put your hand up. If you know that you belong to the family of God, put your hand up. Okay? So put your hand down. For those of us who can raise our hands, if we've been adopted into the family of God, then none of God's kids kind of... Uh, have to run behind the car, so to speak, uh, and, and not, uh, when God goes somewhere, he doesn't put you uh, three car lengths behind. You're, you're in the car. If you're going to go with God and get on an airplane, you're not going to be sitting on the tail of the airplane on the outside. Are you with me? You're in his family. And the proof of it is, is the Holy Spirit having control of your life. Listen to what Lincoln has to say to us in Luke 11, verses 9 to 13, and I want you to ask yourself, have you ever done what Lincoln is about to read? Lincoln. How much more will your heavenly Father? How much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask? You've asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and into your life. Amen. That's how it, that's how we do this. But regarding the Holy Spirit, when was the last time you asked the Holy Spirit to come upon your life, to come into your life for power? You feeling weak sometimes? You feeling like this? Your Christian faith isn't working. Do you feel like you lack power? When temptation comes, do you know how to fight it? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. All, uh, all of God's kids have access to the power of God, the Holy Spirit. I want you kids to be the most powerful junior hires that Southern California has ever seen. Listen, let's raise our hands. Let's... let's let, let's raise our hands in prayer. Let's raise our hands. Let's lift our hands. Father, we come to you tonight. And Heavenly Father, we pray this evening, Lord, that you would be so present this evening by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, right now, as we worship, I pray, God, that you'd stir every heart that is going to say, wants to say, cries out to you in saying, Abba, Papa, Will you put the power of your Holy Spirit in me? Papa, I feel weak. I don't feel like my Christianity. I don't feel like my life matters. Papa, I need to feel your closeness. I need to feel that I belong. I need to feel, Lord, you upon me. And so I'm asking for your power, just like Lincoln said tonight from Luke 9. 
you said, Lord, that you would give your powerful Holy Spirit to any one of your children who would ask. So, Lord, in this worship, I pray for all of those. I pray for everyone here that they would ask, Lord, give me your power. Bring your Holy Spirit into my life with all power. May, it be able, may I be able to say that in July, in 2022, at Mile High Camp, on a Tuesday night, my life was radically transformed. I didn't even realize it. But the power of God came upon me. Oh, dear God in heaven, I pray that for these here. In Jesus' name. Let's worship him and let's talk to him in your mind, in your heart. Speak to him. Let's bless him now together.